0: a brand new venture welcome to uh the the butterfly to game over's cocoon necessity necessity breakfast burrito of last night's chinese leftovers welcome to the first episode of nerds of the north is that sad those are the only two things i could come up that were transformative
1: (laughs) it is the microwaved thanksgiving random who hash of just everything that you had in the fridge
0: (laughs) after game over it is yeah. the turkey sandwich to thanksgiving <laughs> which is be better classic one
1: than actual thanksgiving dinner especially, especially. honest because there's Agreed. nobody else
2: around
0: that's exactly it <laughs> you can enjoy the privacy of your own home and you don't have to ask get asked why you're not married yet by your creepy aunt who's gone through three divorces and what do you care anyway janine Anyway, I am your father's <laughs> son of the goalie host. That's too good to change. Simon Pazzo joined in solidarity by faithful squad mates, Adam Pazzo and Matthew Menny. How are we doing, lads?
2: Uh, I'm kind of freaking out because this week is super busy for me. I have a test tomorrow that I have to run and a test tomorrow that I have to take and an assignment tomorrow that I have to do. So I'm busy. Yeah. wow
1: I'm, I'm i'm doing pretty good today was pajama day at work so nice <laughs>
2: yes always nice well i work from home so home. every day is pajama day at work. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> I, I haven't put classic. on pants in like um years
1: <laughs> yes some some small few of us are still burdened by pants uh <laughs> but i also have an audition for music school coming up in like a week so that is also rather stressful but good luck oh I, we're doing good yeah okay. i'm I'm actually feeling fine for it, oh, but that's it, good. it's one of those, like, always in the back of your mind. Oh, yeah. 100%. Definitely, things, but, definitely. But we're doing good.
0: I think you came up with an unintentional great name for, like, a COVID documentary, Matt. Burdened by Pants. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the story of going back to work after COVID. Hey, I did, like, the other day, I did the classic, like, put a sweater on over top of sweatpants. I'm fooling nobody, but I had to, like... Meet with somebody, so I was like, I may as well make the ever so slightest effort to, to prove that this was legit. Anyway, so clearly our terrible jokes are back, as are we. Uh, it is, we're very excited to be here. So, Game Over, uh, I mean, I was being obviously overly dramatic <laughs> with the fact that Game Over was dying. We're not really going anywhere, but for, partly for the fact that we need to uh, transform, be more surgical, and all that kind of stuff. Here we are as Third of the North. It also opens us up. To talk about a wider variety of things, including and especially movies, TV shows, all other types of uh, nerd shit that I'm sure you're probably just... where You don't know where to find this type of stuff. It's so rare to find three white guys talking about uh, pop culture (laughs) that we really we saw a void that we felt the need to fill, is ultimately (laughs) what I'm trying to say. (laughs) So we are very happy to be here. So for our inaugural episode... Um, first of all, I want to get a few things out of the way. The, obviously, we're still going to be talking about video games. But um, right now, it feels like video games are maybe even more impacted than TV on, uh, on the release schedule. Also, it's just kind of a bad time for, for movies, whereas TV and, and movies can come up more 24-7. But um, you know what? It's actually, I heard this thought experiment at the beginning of covid And I'm still curious now, a year into it, uh, what medium of... Let's go with the three ones, because I don't give a shit about books. What medium do you think we're going to see the most content about living through COVID? There's going to be some like sad Oscar Beatty documentary starring Meryl Streep, and it's going to be about COVID. We know that for sure, but... Are movies and TV shows because they take so much longer... or sorry, movies and video games because they take so much longer to make than video games? Are they just going to be like, yeah, that never happened? But I can see like every TV show is going to have like the COVID season. I could totally see that happening. It's too easy. Uh, it's too easy a to target. What do you guys think?
2: It might. Yeah, you uh, you might be onto something there. But uh, I, I think I definitely think if I if I have to pick one, it's probably. If we don't count documentaries, I think it's probably TV. I think I think I think video games will largely just ignore it. Agreed. Yeah, I think so too.
1: Yeah, I think it's much too real a thing. Um I, I would disagree a little bit though. I think it'll be mostly a movie thing, because I think people could wanna sit down and watch, you know, a movie about that kind of experience for like, you know, two hours. I don't think people would really want to do it for a whole lot longer than that. Uh at least for myself. Af, you know whenever we're out, out of the covid times i wouldn't really want to sit down and like relive it for like a couple of weeks you know it's maybe it's you know point. if there's like a really good movie and it's like yeah this movie is great and It's about covid i'm like okay i'll go see it because it's great and i have to do it once i don't know if i want to sit down and, and watch it over an extended period of time
2: yeah, um that's fair and i think for video
1: games it's probably just too mundane i like i don't i don't know i mean i mean we have stuff like papers please so like you know never say <laughs> never but um but yeah I, I feel like it's just it's just not a very interesting topic i'm sure people will do it uh but i don't really have faith that it'll be
2: good
0: i'm curious like i agree maybe a season was too long but i could see a lot of them having like uh covet episodes for sure uh how would it even it happen in the video game should have to have like the Sims 4 COVID expansion pack. <laughs> You're barred from leaving the house. All jobs are internal. Your Sims' motivation and fun bars can never go above halfway. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, instead of going out to get the car for your like ride to work, you just go and sit at the computer. It wouldn't even have to change all that much. Yeah, That's
0: true. That's true. true. A lot of jobs are just black holes anyway. Yeah, it would
1: yeah. be that hard. I mean, Pokemon Go. You can put a mask on your person now, so I feel like. They basically already got it. Yep.
0: There you go. But well, Video Games were the first one to strike, for sure. Yeah, um, I'm very curious though. I suspect in a in a couple years once the writing team has had like enough time to move through the cycle that we're gonna see a few and it guaranteed like I was joking about Meryl Streep specifically, but I would bet like my life savings, if I had any, I would <laughs> certainly be willing to put them down that within five years we'll say there's gonna be a very like oscar Beatty and i'm making light of it but it's probably gonna be based on a true story of someone who actually died like a rain on me type situation where it's like here's a story about that tragedy that you didn't know about yet or something like that i don't know
2: yeah Yeah. Uh,
1: and her son and her husband will be played by like carrie mulligan and casey affleck (laughs) and it'll just get every nomination and no one will see it
2: (laughs) yep yeah Classical. for me
1: though actually the thing i'm most interested to see is not like if they do you know a covet episode or a covet season or whatever um in terms of the plot but i'm just interested to see what kind of production issues there's gonna be like for movies and shows coming out in like a year or two from now is there gonna be a noticeable difference like are, there, are we gonna have way fewer extras like oh yeah are they just going to like avoid crowd scenes like are we going to have less things filmed like you know less high school dramas where you need people just meandering around the halls like th- that's what i'll be interested to see if you can actually notice a
2: difference um when it was filmed the during production COVID. Side of yeah, it. That's an, yeah that's yeah it's a very interesting idea
0: yeah you know what uh i'm kind of curious just to see if movies will bounce back i know that was like the common thing because obviously it's not directly related to video games or but now we're free because nerds is just anything in general nerdy. Um, but there was that whole thing with uh, with Wall Street bets and, and GameStop over the past little while, which I guess is vaguely game related. Um, but it was just that Wall Street was basically betting against video game stores like brick and mortar stores and also movie theaters. And it was one of those things where it's like, man, like I know I can't wait to go back to movie theaters, but that's a really good point. I can see like a lot of movie theaters taking a hit, but. I feel like they're going to have to adapt. Tickets are going to become more expensive and you're just like the VIP that is air quotes around that because like the VIP theater in Winnipeg is very expensive, but just like the, maybe uh, for Winnipeg people, the Grant Park model of, sure, tickets are more expensive Mm -hmm. and you're more spread out, but we're going to give you a better chair and there's going to be better food involved. I think that that'll just be, have to become the standard. Yeah, And and a uh, ticket
1: will be twice as much as it was because, you know, there's only going to be 20 of you in the theater. Exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: So you can't, like, it's going to suck for a lot of those people who have, like, 19 kids. Um, you know, they won't as easily be able to go to this kind of stuff. Because uh, that's
1: the worst part about having 19 kids. Yeah. yeah. Where do
0: we take them, for God's <laughs> sake? I just can't figure it out.
1: We just bought the bus. What do we do with
0: it? <laughs> Someone said to me, or not said to me—that's that a lie. It was online, and we all know it. Someone said online, like in a tweet, that they should just paint the back of a school bus pink so that it looked like the kids are getting picked up by a giant or like a giant pencil. And I can't get that out of—it's living rent-free in my head. How good of an idea that is!
1: Jesus
0: Christ, it's so fucking. Dead. Oh, I love that so much. So I think we—I mean—we've all been playing stuff. I, I'm sure. I know Adam's been playing Doom Eternal, and I know uh, I, I've been like redoing uh, the Fire Emblem games for no particular reason, just because I can. But you know what? We've talked about video games for long enough. and We have enough topics today, so we'll take a—we'll have a video game uh, light episode today, and let's talk about TV shows. So, because there's just not that many movies coming up, quite frankly. I mean, the major releases were like. Uh, and let's just do a quick poll. This will be super scientific. The major movie releases that I can think of. Wonder Woman 1984. Who saw it? Nope. Nope. I saw it. One out of three. Okay, one out of three people. Not good. <laughs> uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Who saw it? I didn't even know that was
1: a thing. <laughs> it's the new Disney movie. They're doing the... It's on premiere access right now like they did with Mulan. Oh. So it'll just be on Disney Plus in, I don't know, six weeks or whatever, but now you got to pay like 30 bucks to rent it
2: okay so then i definitely didn't see it
1: yeah i'm actually looking forward to that one but uh i paid for mulan and was very disappointed so i'm not going to do it again so yep i'm waiting uh, till it's just regularly on disney plus
0: i paid for it and i actually very much enjoyed it not the least of which because it was not at all a musical and uh, not that i don't like disney musicals we'll get to one uh, on disney plus in a second the mother of all musicals but uh, if it's not handled correctly and it's just like ham-fisted songs in there, it's like, hmm, please don't do that. Uh, so this was not that. It was actually, I thought, uh, quite a good movie. I enjoyed it very much. Did anyone see Soul? I
1: no, know, but... I feel bad that I haven't. I really want to. But that one yeah, I think. at least sort of.
0: Goddamn musician, Matt. I, mean... I know! <laughs> Uh, Yeah, man, that, uh, for the most part, I thought it was okay. It was like a very different movie, like one for existential. So if you were like, I don't know if Inside Out went far enough in terms of making me doubt everything that I've ever known about life and death, uh, then this movie might just be your crack pipe. Uh, There was a couple (laughs) moments in it that just like, for the most part, I thought the movie was a fairly slow burn, but then it got to a point where it was like, oh, we had a slow burn here, but it was all a distraction because while you've been paying attention to this hand for an hour and a half, here's the sucker punch that's been coming the whole time. And so when that came, I was like, "Oh, fuck!" <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess big old recommendo. But the point is, uh, it's just not a good time for movies, whereas it's a fucking phenomenal time for TV shows. I think we've all been watching that shit out of the TV shows partly because I think. In this, I'd have to uh, talk to a psychologist about this. Maybe it's the fact that it's more long-term storytelling. It helps us track the differences in days, whereas movies could just kind of blur together. But when it's a TV show, at least when your life isn't progressing because of COVID, at least you're working your way through a TV show. That's my, uh, my totally yeah. unscientific theory.
1: My girlfriend and I literally started referring to Friday as Wanda Day <laughs> when we were watching WandaVision. <laughs>
0: Yep, yeah, it's it's the same for us. We've definitely got like the uh, the things that we watch every day. So obviously Friday was Wandavision day, and then uh, for a while there we were watching um, a couple different cooking shows. There was a Disney cooking show that was quite good, and it had uh, what's her dick Angela from The Office was the host. That was mm-hmm. solid on Disney Plus, and then we watched a leftover show on Netflix. That was also solid. So both of those like were a cooking
1: show that. where they do leftovers.
0: Yeah, like their ingredients are always leftovers, so they have some oh, okay. uh, fresh ingredients that they have access to. But the whole idea is, what can you do with leftovers? But like, it's a scary. cooking competition show, so don't go watching it expecting to be like, "Let me see if I can get any ideas." Because no, that's yeah. not what this is about. This is yeah. some transformative shit.
1: Yeah, that can be fun though. A show that uh, another a cooking show that we got into over the summer at the recommendation of my girlfriend's eleven year old niece. Uh, it was a show on Netflix called Nailed It.
2: Ooh,
1: um, I have hosted heard of this. By, hosted by, um, I think her name is Gwendolyn. She's from The Good Place. Um, she's oh. the like the male person that they meet the first time they go to The Good Place. She's the host of it. And it's uh, basically completely regular people. Like, not even like home cooks. Just straight up regular people um, trying to recreate super fancy like cake boss style cakes and desserts uh and it's just a disaster and was actually pretty funny we we got onto that one for a while it was good it's called nailed it i am
0: sold i'm definitely gonna uh go watch that immediately after this oh yeah i remember her from the good place yeah for sure yeah yeah, uh, you yeah, always
1: get that satisfying moment when you just look at a pile of trash and they get to sarcastically go,
0: nailed it. <laughs> this is a big old pile of shit. So obviously cooking shows are a big thing and we'll continue to do as we do like more detailed episodes of Nerds of the North going forward. We'll probably have a uh, a cooking slash competition slash whatever the fuck show coming up. And I, I'm also one of the things that I'm excited for because this is pretty much our our introduction episode, is uh, we're going to bring back some familiar faces. We might even get some new people, um, but we're planning to bring back some of the old crew of uh, TV talkers, the ones we're still in touch with. Uh, we'll, we'll get to to come back and make guest appearances, and the shows that we'll probably be talking about are... Uh, we'll probably be doing a full episode on The Mandalorian, full episode of WandaVision. Uh, this weekend, we're hoping to uh, record a full episode on Justice League. And then, of course, we're going to be trying to do an, a weekly update on Falcon and the Winter Soldier because that's the shit that's happening right now. So let's kind of get... Uh, well obviously, we'll go into more detail in the actual full episodes, but uh, let's go with Mandalorian first because it was obviously the chronologically the first one to come out. Um, I'm assuming, Adam, you haven't seen it because you're not a big Star Wars guy. That is or correct. Or did you...
2: No, I haven't okay. seen it.
0: Um, but, Matt, what did you think, just generally speaking, of the second season of The Mandalorian?
1: I absolutely loved it. It it the second season I love the first season of The Mandalorian but season 2 was something else, man. Like I started listening to Mandalorian podcasts on my way to work. It got me back into watching Clone Wars cuz I just got so like in love with Star Wars again. Um man, I I fucking adored season 2 of The Mandalorian. It was just absolutely exactly what I needed um at that time i've i refrained but i came so close so many times to buying random baby yoda merch and <laughs> yeah we i i loved season two of the mandalorian it was so good
0: yeah agree i mean it, i'm part of the reason i loved the first one was because as we've discussed on our preview show uh that i'm a sucker for westerns and and western kind of mm-hmm. things and the first one i think more than the second one was leaning into those western tropes. So the second one certainly had a few of them, like that incredible episode with the Tana. Um, was was extremely western. Like you're riding, you yeah. meet the other gunslinger and the two of you team yeah. up to It, it like, was
1: like Sorry, keep going.
0: No, no, keep you a friend.
1: Okay, it was like quintessential Star Wars. That episode, I forget the the title, but when um, Dan and, and Ahsoka go into into that town, like at one point Ahsoka's literally having a samurai duel on one side of a wall and then is having like a Western style like showdown in a dusty street on the other side. Like it was that that episode you know, I, I was a fan of the Clone Wars, so seeing Ahsoka in general just made me nerd out and was wonderful and I loved I love all the any like sort of extended Star Wars stuff they could that they could bring into it. But the whole thing was, was really great. I think this this season really paid you off for being a Star Wars fan. While I think still being accessible to people that didn't know any of that stuff, you know, like I talked to people about it at work, um, and they'd say, like, oh, yeah, like watch the episode, and it's like, oh, well, what'd you think of Ahsoka? They're like, yeah, she was cool, and you know, had no idea who she was, you know, who she was before, but they're like, yeah, this person's cool, I I liked it. And for me, seeing her was just like, holy shit, this is awesome. And then, you know, on top of that, it was actually good, which helped, um, Always so, yeah, I, it was such a satisfying season as, like, a fairly entrenched Star Wars fan. There were
0: some people, especially with the ending, which uh, I don't think Adam gives a shit. So, spoilers for the ending of Mandalorian Season 2. Although, again, we'll probably still do a more detailed episode. We'll do a rewatch, maybe, at some point. Um, but, like, a lot of that season... I. Especially with the ending where where Luke shows up, and my God, please just sign Sebastian Stan to play Luke because it was hard to look at his face. But it was so yeah. weird, and like after you find out that they had to film it separately so that no one could spoil it, and it's just like yeah, that's why Luke has always been shots alone. He doesn't interact with anybody. It's just kind of weird. Um, but to quote or like to misquote, to quote the ideas coming from Kevin Smith, man, I feel bad. For all the people who are just like fan service, not in my house, and like smack it down. It's like just because it's fan service doesn't mean it's bad. I feel like when they brought in Ahsoka, when they brought in the other uh, man- Mandalorians, I'm blank on their names now because it's been a while, and they're mm-hmm. it's complicated fucking Star Wars names. People, you have to uh, you have to bear <laughs> with me here. And then especially with the ending, it was like man, if this. This is, it was totally earned. Like the first season was, he was pretty. Jin was pretty much entirely on his own. The second season they built on so much of that, and he like kept interacting with different people. That when the fan service came, I was like, yeah, they built it to a point where that type of stuff makes sense. So, not to be like unbelievably arrogant, but if you're the type of person where that level of fan service, when it's when they've worked to get there, bothers you boy, do I feel bad for you, because if you could just get over to where we are, this is so fucking good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> come to the good side. It's <laughs> like yeah. yeah, it's it's like, it's, it's like the people who, in all the MCU movies that aren't the Avengers, they're like, well, why don't the Avengers just come and fix it? And then they watch The Mandalorian, and they're like, bah, this is stupid. Luke shouldn't be in here. It's like, it's the same thing. <laughs> you know? They, you know, Dan and they just went and found the Star Wars Avengers to... uh you know, yeah. to fix their problem. but it, people it, but it are is, the it, reason
0: that we have to have a line in every non-Avengers movie of, where is everybody else? Yeah,
1: yeah. but but you're right. It's it's not fan service. Like, I, I don't think they went into season two being um, like, okay, so what are our goals for season two? Well, we want Ahsoka and we want Luke and we want Bo-Katan. Um, you know, I think they were just, they're telling the story that they wanted to tell. And, um, you know, along at some point they're like, hey, you know, I think this would work if we brought in this character that would fit really nicely with that kind of thing. It really feels like that kind of inclusion of these characters, not like they were just, you know, oh, like we need, you know, a big kind of hype cliffhanger. So like, let's get Luke, you know, um, I, although I will say I didn't like Luke in it as much as some of the other characters, but maybe that's just because he had less to do. So I didn't have time to come around to it. Um, overall, I thought it was cool, but I think, I think they handled the inclusion of the characters well. I think it was yeah, fan service done right. It didn't feel like fan service. It felt like um it it felt like it was just living in a pre-existing universe. And yeah. so we're going, you know, when you're dealing with um for lack of a better word, you know, Jedi baby Yoda, you're going to run into jedi and there aren't that many around at that time period so it makes sense that we would see the people that we do it for me it really felt like it just it it fit well in in the in the existing world
0: yeah they're trying to do and again it's yeah i know that they're both disney um but they're trying to do the thing that i think the mcu i don't want to say pioneered but but certainly did better than Pretty much everything else aside from maybe, this will make sense in a second, uh, maybe the early Joss Whedon um, TV shows where it's just like, if someone would show up, they just show up. You know? And at the beginning, mm-hmm. like, uh, maybe an easy example is like in Thor 2, when Loki turned into Captain America, and so they had to get Chris Evans in there. Yeah, that was a fun little goofy <laughs> cameo to have Chris Evans, like, pretending to be Loki, pretending to be Captain America, but at the same time, that's the type of dumb shit that Loki would have done. So, like when you first watch it, you're like, "Oh, it's fan service. It's got Chris Evans in there, yeah." But it's also what would have happened. So, yeah, they're just not running away from it.
1: Yeah, it would just it would be weird for these characters to pretend that the other characters don't exist. Yeah, you know, and
0: the uh, the context of and I feel like they did this so well in the Mandalorian because sometimes, especially when you're watching the, uh, shall we say, controversial uh, second trilogy. Of uh, or sequel trilogy of, of Star Wars movies, sometimes it's easy to feel like, oh yeah, these are just like, these aren't the heroes, these are just the people. Like, I don't feel that Rey necessarily had the gravitas around her that she was supposed to. Maybe that's just me, maybe that's the writing, I don't know. But um, when Luke showed up and did what he, like they did such a great job, what were they, the shock troopers? Or the death troopers or whatever the hell they were called? Um... Those I think Death Troopers. Yeah, Death Troopers. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So they did the such Doves a good job. The tough Death Troopers. It's so true. But <laughs> the entire series, literally the entire series, Jin's been like the most amazing uh, fighter that we've ever seen. Like he's he's yeah. unbelievable. The first scene of The Mandalorian episode one is phenomenal, where he has like the bar fight, and he kills a guy with a closing door, and you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be fatal <laughs> if it closes on <laughs> your neck. Like, he's been such a badass, and then he gets so thoroughly trounced that it was just the classic, like, here's where he is, and here's where they are, so they're fucking scary. And then when Luke just goes in there and wrecks shop, like, the comparisons to Darth Vader's scene at the end of Rogue One, where he wrecks shop two, it's like, like, father, like, son, like, <clears throat> yes, and finally, in context... You get to see how unbelievably powerful and terrifying, if you don't know that he's on your side, Jedi are. I had mm-hmm. like such a an incredible, beautiful, deep, um, reven- Revenance? What's the looking
1: for? Reverence. Reverence, yeah. For the know.
0: Jedi after that scene. I was like, God
1: damn, Luke. It is really nice to see full-powered Luke. Because we'd, we'd never really gotten it. Yeah, literally never got it. Yeah. Also, I double-checked, it's Dark Trooper dark trooper
2: fuck we were so damn close yeah well i may i may watch that episode (laughs) because that sounds appealing yeah i will say
1: the whole thing even if you're not really into star wars it's just a very well-made show and i think you can you can enjoy it without needing to be a star wars fan it's enough separate from uh the star wars movies that i think you could dislike the star wars movies and still like
2: the show Okay, well, I mean, I enjoyed The Witcher, and I've never really liked that game, so... Or those games, I guess. Yeah, well, um, yep, to be
0: fair, that, they based the show off the book series, I'm sure we've talked about, but yep, yeah, yep, fair point. You can, just because you don't enjoy one thing doesn't mean you can't enjoy the rest of it.
2: Um, well, and I yeah. liked the sequel trilogy for Star Wars, like, not the not the original sequel, but the, the new one. I thought it was fine, and it upset a lot of actual Star Wars fans, and I'm like, eh, whatever, it was entertaining. I liked Rogue One. I liked one a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I might... Voco might be my favorite of the new movies, too. It, it, with all of them, like... I don't want to say that the joy got beaten out of me by the internet, but a lot of times I would, like... I'm the kind of person I just leave every movie. I'm like, yeah, that was great. And then I <laughs> people talk about it. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that it was bad. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I,
1: know <what> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I didn't like this until now. Yeah.
0: But I'm such, like, a doof that... If I like the set pieces of something, I don't really give a shit about the connective tissue. That's just kind of how I enjoy things. Um, a la Mass Effect 3, for example. Get your Mass Effect reference in, people, because that's not done. Especially with the Legendary Edition coming out in two months. But uh, I thought that the set pieces that, that the sequel trilogy got us to were worth the middle parts being like, hmm, I don't know about that. But
1: anyway. Yeah, that, I was I, I was agree. so unbelievably bored by rise of skywalker fair
2: yeah that uh... i at least
1: i at least there was an i didn't like last jedi all that much but there was at least there was enough cool moments that i watched it twice rise of skywalker like 30 seconds after walking out of the theater i forgot everything that i had (laughs) just seen i wonder if there's not and we'll get to this in a second in fact maybe we'll get to that right now i wonder
0: if there's not somewhere out there it wasn't shot so it's not the same thing but they, if they couldn't Justice League, The Rise of Skywalker. I'm very interested to see... Let's And let's move on to Justice League because you guys haven't seen it. What I'm very interested to see is if this changes the way studios look at movie flops in the future. Because the director's cuts have existed for so long. But never, to my knowledge, feel free to correct me, internet, in the history of filmmaking has there ever been essentially four years of focus testing done to like was did in the justice league which you guys will see this weekend i'm sure did they put in pretty much every shot that they filmed to make it four hours long yeah there's a lot of gratuitously long shots i'm sure they could have made a reasonable version that was three hours long if they really wanted to but they said fuck it let's go for four why not but there's, there has to be some stuff that's still made on the cutting room floor because Zack Snyder had seen the internet's reaction and was like, mm, maybe I won't do that. You know? Yeah. So um... I wonder if there, that's not going to be something that they could do for other like historical flops. Like, I mean, HBO is teaming up with Warner Brothers for the Justice League. You think HBO isn't like looking... Every possible way at Game of Thrones season 8 and be like, is there <laughs> anything we can do?
1: <laughs> I think because with Game of Thrones, you'd have to go back to like season 6, but probably, me.
0: but DC for being one of the biggest IPs on the planet was dead, it was dead, dude. Especially, and Wonder mm. Woman 1984 was not particularly well received. I like it because again, I'm dumb, but it was not particularly well received. It was like. You can get out the shock paddles, but you're just gonna hear the flat beep in the background dead. And now it's got all of this buzz. So I have to wonder if a couple of other, other like famous flops they can't be like, okay, what if we like did the different version of it? So I think that Rise of Skywalker is ripe for that. I don't know if Disney will go for it, but I mean, maybe. Yeah.
1: It's such a big franchise. The only movie I can think of that got like significantly better on the like director's cut well after release is probably *Kingdom of Heaven*, which I I just looked up went from a 3.6 to a 7.2 on IMDb with the with the director's Holy cut cow. from Ridley Scott. Because um, yeah, it was just a very very bland movie because they basically cut out all of the characterization. <laughs> So once that was put back in, people people liked it. Um, Go for but it. yeah, other than that, it's it hasn't really happened. Ridley Scott so, tends to have
0: a lot of director's cuts. Turns out, if you have a good director, trust the fucker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be really interested to see how the Snyder cut is reviewed because I think I think if it comes out and it's as bad as the original and all the extra stuff doesn't really fix anything except to pad it out. I think the DC movies essentially are dead because if you, you put something out with like all kinds of money and effort and everything behind it and it's a flop and then you go, Oh, like we just, we played with it too much. Here's how it really should have been. And if that still sucks for your like flagship movie, I don't know where you can go from there. Um, but if it's good, then I think you can, they can very easily kind of start this movement where they just like, you know, yeah, put some trust into your directors, reinvest creative energy into the series, and it could actually become something. So it'll be interesting to see.
0: And I don't... I truly don't know, and I would honestly... I think that they don't know what the fuck is going to happen in the future because Robert Pattinson's Batman... Like, you wouldn't cast Robert Pattinson if you didn't want to be in more movies, but uh, Justice League, as you guys will see, it... uh, Like, when they filmed it, they didn't intend for DC to die. So there's clearly a lot of, like, open threads for things that could happen in the future. And then, there's still a Flash movie that's supposed to be coming out. The second Wonder Woman movie just came out. There's supposed to be a second Aquaman movie coming out. Uh, Like, I have no... The Joker, out of fucking nowhere, (laughs) like, took over the world for a few weeks a couple years ago. So... Yeah, I, I truthfully have no idea what DC's going to do, and I honestly, I don't think they know what they're going to do, but I'm going to be really interested to see what you guys think of Justice League, because um, I walked out of Justice League thinking it was, I guess Rise of Skywalker might be the the best comparison. Like, there were certainly some parts that I liked. Adam, have you seen
2: Justice League? The, the original? No.
0: But okay. I, I, have watched,
2: so, I have watched detailed breakdowns from many people. Okay, okay.
0: So there's one scene that I thought was, like, one of... It It it, ha, it features and it's in both versions, so don't worry. I'll be vague. Um, but I don't think it's a spoiler <clears throat> if you know literally anything about anything to say that, go figure, Superman doesn't remain dead.
2: The <laughs> no entire, shit.
0: Uh... Okay. <laughs> Just, I mean, I don't want to, like, <laughs> blow anyone's minds, but he has been in a ton of marketing material and stuff like that. Um, so, but the scene where Superman comes back is largely... There's a couple things that have been tweaked. Uh, it's largely unchanged, though. And it's got one particular moment that I thought was one of the smartest slash most terrifying slash most wonderful scenes in any superhero movie. It's just like one simple moment where you're just like, fuck, that's good. Yeah! <laughs> uh, so you guys will see it if you uh, if you manage to watch it. By the way, the place to find uh, the Justice League in America is on HBO Max in Canada. It's on Crave. Um, with HBO. You have to buy HBO separately. And if that's how you get it, or if you get another way, um, you know, that's totally up to you. We would, of course, always encourage you to take the most legitimate routes possible. And that's uh, that's what it is. So I'm very curious to see where you guys land on Justice League. Because like, it's, it's an indulgent-as-fuck movie. And I have, I've heard, I think, a lot of people come down positively. I would definitely be one of those people. Particularly in the second half, because it's a slow burn. Go slow, go figure. But you know what? I might even save my hot take for this weekend. I have like a super fucking hot take. Like radioactive, it could revive <laughs> Superman hot take about the Justice League. Um, I'll, I'll tease it for you so the people... as A, so I don't forget it. <laughs> because I it. And B, to tease anybody out there. I think there's an aspect of the Justice League that uh, as much of a Marvel fanboy as I am, Marvel could really learn from. I think that there there's something that that hit me about the Justice League that I just preferred to pretty much every Marvel movie. So there you go. We'll, uh, we'll get to that. Hopefully uh, we'll film it this week maybe it'll come out next week. We'll see what happens. I want to get a few different episodes going so that we can get, a, even if we have to miss a week, we can get a regular schedule going. So uh, let's just stay in the superhero universe for a brief moment and talk about or we'll, I'm sure we'll do a full episode. we got to get that in the plan after we can get uh, whoever wants to be a guest on it ready to go. Um, but what did you guys think of WandaVision?
2: Uh, I had a Man. good time. It was good. Man, I loved
1: WandaVision. Like I said before, my girlfriend and I started referring to Fridays as Wanda Day. Um, yeah, th- this show just felt so refreshing for me. Um, and that coming from someone who i don't think was ever tired of the mcu um you know probably one of the biggest complaints people have about the mcu movies is that they all kind of feel the same after a while um and for me it's like well yeah but i like that thing so you know more please yes Mm -hmm. um but it was really nice to have something that just felt very different um and i think my favorite parts of the show were when it was very much its own thing, like you could not possibly confuse, probably all but the last episode of the show with anything else from the MCU. Yeah, um, for sure. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the last episode was probably my least favorite. Um, I still think it's good, but I I think I liked it the least out of out of the season. Um, but yeah, I just I just every week I got so excited to see what new different twist was going to be in it um yeah it was just the word that I, I kept coming back to with it was just refreshing it was just so fun to see the different things that they were going to do i had a really good time with it
0: agreed um for and i'm gonna i'm gonna expand a couple of points you made because i agree with pretty much everything you said first of all uh, I think obviously the internet got a little carried away <laughs> with all the theories and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I think that good old Eric from New Rockstars would uh, would happily agree that he has to take one <laughs> on the chin for captaining the Mephisto train. But um, we got to keep in mind too that Wandavision was originally supposed to come after Eternals, Black Widow, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so it's supposed to be like the fourth thing that came out after in Phase Four. Uh, that could be like this weird little stepchild. And then suddenly it was like, welcome back to the MCU, motherfucker. You better no, hope that there was like the a... was the thing. Yeah, it was the thing. But it's kind of like this amazing, uh, I, I believe his name is also Matt. I'm just going to look up the name of the director of, of WandaVision. Um, but he's it's kind of like this amazing little story. And he actually, he did, Matt Shackman, he did a uh, an interview with, with Kevin Smith on his podcast that I thought was really enlightening this guy is like what he's got to be one of the most interesting people on the planet and one of the only people who would whose resume would make sense for wandavision so first of all he grew up as a child actor on like eighty sitcoms he was in a ton of them uh and then he became of, of director he did a lot of like it's always sunny in philadelphia so he directed some comedy and then he did a couple episodes of game of thrones so he knew like how to do the epic stuff too like it's just the the breadth of this guy's career is uh, truly staggering so if ever there was a person who would just like yeah that's the guy that makes sense for this Mm -hmm. Uh, it would be him, which is pretty incredible. He did, uh, yeah, he was in the facts of life. He was on different strokes. He was on night court. He was on growing pains, (laughs) like all these (laughs) classic 80s sitcoms. He just grew up with them. So if you have to create a show, that's basically a love letter to American sitcom. Yeah. We'll get the actor who's both done game of thrones. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. One of the best comedies on TV right now. Fight me. And literally uh, has sitcom in his blood it's it's just truly incredible and as someone who loves like sitcoms even going all the way back similar to Wanda I suppose I felt like the show was made for me like if ever there was a, a Marvel movie that was just like we're just gonna take your interests and put them in a bucket and give them to you like to slurp down like a hog or something like that I don't know that metaphor came fell apart really quick but I loved Wanda envision the previous movies I thought that uh, Like, they were, their scenes were some of the most emotional in in Infinity War. To be quite frank, I thought they were, like, those two are just such incredible actors. They they both have such incredible chemistry. And then to see them do not just, like, riffs on classic American sitcoms like parody, but to do pretty much pitch-perfect recreations of them.
1: Yeah, they were just good versions of the thing they were doing.
0: Yeah, which which was totally incredible to see. And then as it, it kept going forward, it was like, what are they going to do this week? Oh, they totally nailed that, too. They totally nailed this. They totally nailed the intro. They totally nailed the songs. The music was all written by uh, Robert and Kristen Anderson Lopez, the people who did uh, many other things, including the Frozen musicals, uh, the Frozen, like, catchy songs. Uh, and I believe uh, Christoph Beck Who also did the soundtrack, like the soundtrack to Frozen, did the soundtrack to Wandavision. So every part of it was just like firing on all cylinders. But maybe the thing that I liked the most, and uh, and again, we're probably gonna have a dedicated Wandavision episode one of these days. But I've said it before, I'll say it again. To me, the thing in any genre that's scariest is when thing is when something acts in a way that it should not be like too many cooks, for example, I don't know if you guys have seen that disturbing video Mm-hmm. is a great example of that. It's like the WandaVision people must've watched too many cooks. And I say that with all the love and respect in the world, because this is just like, a, we're going to use the tropes. We're going to still have the happy music, but the dissonance between that and what you're seeing is so profound that in your, body you just interpret as deeply disturbing and so like as WandaVision carried forward and things started to become more and more fucked up because it's a I think at its core it's a very dark show I don't think that's even like a a controversial hot take it's a show like the the MCU is now about grief everybody it's just about being sad uh so when you then re-watch a couple of the previous episodes knowing that the darkness is underneath the fact that this like thin veneer of happiness just seems all the more disturbing and to me i think my favorite part in the entire series was when uh wanda started the credits on the show to end a fight with vision
2: oh yeah that's great Mm -hmm. like
0: it's always you all whenever you watch literally anything you want to see something you've never seen before and that's like what I brought up with Justice League. There's something that I'd never seen before in Justice League that I very much enjoyed. That was something that I'd never seen before. The credits of a TV show being used as a weapon against another character in the TV show
1: as like an it, actual dramatic device is so yeah. clever.
0: And like I start to like I started to dread the laugh track every time I heard it. I was like, don't don't, don't you do this. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to hear this right now because this shit's fucked up. So, mm. uh, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll most likely do a dedicated division episode, but man, like what a return. And I know you guys haven't seen it yet, so we'll talk about it later this week, most likely, but I thought the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, spoilers, they're not necessarily having a great time either. They're not creating alternate realities, but it's not like they're now, you know, superstar movie stars who have literally no problems. It's going to be another show about dealing with the aftermath of, uh, of of the world which you know this I, this might sound dumb maybe works better in covid land because we're all just like yeah life sucks and like we seeing, can relate exactly the the uh seeing superheroes go through tough parts of life is i think even more appealing now than it maybe has ever been because everyone's also going through something vaguely similar but I yeah, I just can't wait for you guys to watch the and Luna. so the first scene had to cost like I don't know 10 million dollars to shoot you'll see what I mean it starts <laughs> off like whoa holy shit
1: this is a TV show crazy yeah I'm looking forward to it the trailer had me hyped I'm I've blocked some time this weekend to to start it so I'm so I'm really looking forward to it only a couple more things I want to get on I think uh, I'll pick
0: uh, I'll pick one of the shows that I think Matt you had a show that you were going to pick and maybe we'll let Adam pick a show um, but over the course of the year, was there, was there a TV fad that got you guys? I'll start it off, uh, with Tiger King totally got me. First of all, the memes about Tiger King, uh, were almost like Kony 2020 or Kony 2012-esque. Remember when we gave a shit about t- Kony 2012? <laughs> and we're like, we're going to get this African warlord. Of course we're fucking not. There's no chance. That kind of how it fe- felt like how it was when everyone watched this clearly made for tv like overly dramatized documentary about the tiger king and everyone was like but did she murder her husband though that bitch carol baskin <laughs> that bitch <laughs> you couldn't say like the name carol for a, a good six weeks in uh, in the middle of 2020 without someone being like that bitch carol baskin or just i mean he was just fucking infinitely quotable so i'll, mm-hmm. I'll put my hand in the air maybe we'll do a return to it one day because now we have so much more freedom I totally got suckered into the, the tiger King loop is Adam. Maybe I'll go to you next. Um, was there something that suckered you in? Was there a fad that drew you in over the past year?
2: I have been scanning through my Netflix history and I've got nothing. It's all movies. (laughs) There's
0: no, you're unfadable.
2: Yeah, I am. There's just none of it grabbed me. Like, I mean, there's sometimes I'll get in on a fad, like four or five years after everybody else. Um like I kind of did for the good place until I just abruptly stopped watching it. Uh Although actually yeah, and actually another really good example of that is the thing I marathoned uh, probably about 6 months ago uh was I finally watched Neon Genesis Evangelion because I was tired of the oh internet referencing no, it and know. not understanding what the fuck was going on. And having now watched it, I still don't understand what the fuck was going on cuz the show makes no sense but I now get all the references so that's a big one that was that's uh, like in
0: the uh, that's probably on the mountain rush bar of anime
2: yeah
1: correct yeah. me if I'm wrong anime yeah, oh, fans but
2: yeah 100% oh I guess the other one that I, I watched like this isn't nearly as big but when it came out I was like right on top of it was the, the newest season of Seven Deadly Sins which is another anime I really like um which I mostly only watch because the anime I want to watch Inuyasha only two seasons are on Netflix
0: in your asha, eh. mm-hmm. quoting our parents, Matt, I think we uh I hope you know what the one I'm talking about. It rhymes with Mo bark <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was referencing when I brought you up, but I mean, there is something else we're going to talk about Amelia after this, probably to close out,
1: but yeah I I def we hopped on the Ozark train pretty hard. That might even uh, exist.
0: Be careful if you say that because I believe there could be a change <laughs> in the Ozarks scheme that it's a real place. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, yes, not a train I would actually want to take. Although in real life it seems like a lovely place. But yeah, not so much in the show. Um, but yeah, we got got into Ozark like, in like peak lockdown. So, sort of around the same time we got into Tiger Vision. Tiger Vision. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Tiger King. There we go. There's the brain. Um, but yeah man that that was ozark was the show that uh my girlfriend and i absolutely loved but couldn't watch too much of it because it just made us sad (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like we we spent i think much longer (laughs) to get through the that show than we would have in normal times even though we had much more opportunity to watch tv um just because, like, there were definitely episodes where after we watched it, we were just like down for the rest of the day, which is maybe not always something you that you want. But it was it's an extremely affecting show, um, and I, I I'm really excited it's getting another season. Um, but yeah, it's so good. Like we you know we would the title screen would come up and we'd like pause it because you know how there's like they always like spell Ozark with in like different ways. So we'd like pause it and look at all what the symbols were and. Um, you and then know, when it comes up
0: on the show, you're just like, there's the bicycle. There's the bicycle. Yeah.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. Cause they have the clues for like things that are going to happen. So we'd like pause it and look and it's like, okay, so there's like a glass and like a pair of scissors and a baby and a horseshoe. And we'd like try to map out the whole plot of the episode before it even started. Um, yeah, when we just, we really got hooked. Um, I, I had definitely fallen into the trap of just kind of comparing it to breaking bad before I had seen it. Um, and I I mean, I absolutely understand where the comparisons come from, um, because in some ways it is, you know, a, a very similar show, you know, this kind of like family man falls into dark drug business. Um, but it it really stands on its own. Like it is it is not in any way a rip off, even if they, you know, um, have some similar theming. Um, it's 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 really really excellent the acting is excellent the writing is excellent man i've i hated some characters on that show like i haven't hated any character in a long time you know like um i cannot remember their last names now um but uh darlene she's up there with me like with with joffrey like she's in the pantheon of just people that i want to watch die (laughs) snell Uh, (laughs) darlene snell was her name snell yes yeah oh there's it I, i don't want to do the breaking bad comparisons but it has a lot of those it has a lot of what i called in breaking bad the like oh shit scenes um and they rarely go the way you want them to um but yeah it's it's just a really excellent show gorgeously shot Um, it's a fantastic looking show, fantastically acted show, great writing. It's just, it's awesome across the board. If you're having a sad day, I maybe wouldn't watch it. Um, But if you're, if you're looking for like a very serious drama, you can't, I don't think you can do much better.
0: Yeah, I agree. If uh, it would be a disservice to call it breaking bad light, but at the same time, if you have an itch that hasn't been scratched since breaking bad, this is the thing that will scratch it next. It's like the next evolution. Yeah. It's like, uh, if breaking Brad was Prince of Persia, this is Assassin's Creed. It's like these, the spiritual sequel. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: It's not light anything, but it's definitely in the same vein. If that's the kind of thing you're looking for.
0: Yeah. And in some ways I think, um, even better than breaking bad. I thought that like, there's nothing like Walt and Jesse. I don't think there's anything in Ozark as great as Jason Bateman is. I don't think there's anything in Ozark that touches the incredible nature of the relationship between Walt and uh, and and Jesse, but I do think that Skyler versus uh, Wendy, Wendy is a way better written and quite frankly acted mm-hmm. character to uh, Skyler from uh, from Breaking Bad. So I totally agree. But to be honest, like I think what we got partway through season three and then just had like a hard stop because. <laughs> It was like, I mean, we, there's been a couple times where it's like, we have a, a few minutes and we want to watch like an episode of Ozark. And I'm like, no, like at the <laughs> beginning we watched it in like, as you said, the height of the lockdown or rather the height of lockdown fear, but not necessarily, excuse me, lockdown exhaustion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it was, Ooh, we're cooped up inside. Let's watch this dark show. And now it's like, fuck, we're stuck inside. Life sucks. I don't want to watch a show <laughs> that'll yeah. just remind me of the light stuff. So like, my uh, my tastes have gotten have have just had to skew lighter than Ozark allows lately. But yeah, if uh, if that's your shtick, then it doesn't get much better. Especially it doesn't get much better right now. And yeah. part of the thing, part of the fun about these shows is that once it's done, I mean, I'm sure we'll look back on it very fondly. But once it's done, there, a little bit of the fun is predicting what the fuck's gonna happen. And uh, mm-hmm. and you can't do that when it's time. Like that was a huge part of the of Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad too. What the fuck's yeah. gonna happen?
1: Yeah, I think it's good to survive a rewatch, but without without that tension, it definitely does lose something from the show. Be you know, because what happens is so dramatic when you know it's coming. And I haven't done a rewatch, so I may be totally off because I didn't find the Breaking Bad suffered from this. But it, it, it the possibility is there. Although the characters are really really strong so i i think you know i i think it would still be fine on a rewatch i love the side characters in that show um i think that's one thing it might do better than breaking bad or even just different i don't think breaking bad was missing it necessarily but um the the other residents of this of this town are are just all excellently written characters you like you love some of them you hate some of them um, but they're all really, really interesting to watch. Ruth is maybe my favorite character on that show. That's um,
2: oh, For sure. I agree. Oh, she,
1: yeah, she's she's incredible. Um, and uh, One of yeah, those moments it's, where it's, you see
0: someone and you're like, how the fuck aren't you in more things? Oh, no, you're about to be. Because like ex- that's, exactly. that's the type of performance that launches you.
1: Yeah. And I think, <laughs> this is a weird comparison, but I feel like the citizens of... The Ozarks are like dark, gritty version of Pawnee from Parks and Rec, <laughs> where <laughs> yeah, they I totally just give you such a strong sense of what the place is like. Yeah. You know, without even like taking the main characters out of it, you just really understand what kind of a place this is just from seeing the side characters interact.
0: Agreed. Agree. That's a yeah. That's a shockingly good comparison. This is shockingly good comparison. <laughs> um, so, just because I don't want to keep you guys uh, for too long, <laughs> too late. Uh, another thing that I suspect. Let's be honest. We're all addicted. We'll probably do a full episode on is um, last summer, July. What was it? First or July fourth? It, it came out 4 Fourth of July. I think it came out a couple days before that. Hamilton dropped on Disney Plus and. Uh, Matt and uh, TV Talkers star Farron, you guys had been hyping up Hamilton for years, and I was firmly of the opinion that I don't want to listen to a musical without seeing it, even though Hamilton, there's like, as you said, Matt, I think there's very little that's not sung or not included in the soundtrack, so the soundtrack, you're pretty much getting all of it, but I was like, I'm going to wait until I can see this. In New York or whatever the fuck. So then I jumped mm-hmm. all over it when it came out on Netflix, or it came out on Disney Plus. Watched it the first time. I was like, okay, uh, d- didn't grab me the way that uh, it was advertised, but it's fine. It's fine. Matt and Farron, they're both like really musical people, and I'm like only kind of a musical person. So whatever. Maybe it's just not for me. And then I don't know which song it was, but one of the songs was kind of in my head later that day. So while I was working, I'm like, you know what? We'll just put it on the background. And that's when I was hooked. I watched it, I think, like twice back to back that evening, finished work, went upstairs and said to the girlfriend, you got to watch Hamilton again. <laughs> Why? I, I thought it was only OK. No, you, you got to watch it again. It will make sense. And she's like, OK, fine. And so uh, she watched it again while she was working. And then we conferred the next day and she was like. Holy shit! I'm like, right? It took a second one for it to click, but then once it did, oh my god, did it make sense? What a fucking revelation! That uh, I don't want to like. I feel like I'm gonna overhype it for Adam, and it can't possibly live up to his expectations. But like, it's the greatest two and a half hour epic rap battle of history that you've ever seen. Um, that's the closest comparison I can make for things that I know Adam enjoyed. But
1: you'll also cry.
0: Yeah, you'll laugh, you'll cry, it's like remarkably well acted, the writing is so smart, and maybe again to make my, to bring back my classic TV talkers uh, thing, uh, to make a comparison that no one else on planet Earth would make it's maybe has the densest writing since MXC where (laughs) in (laughs) MXC you're, you're afraid to laugh because you'll miss the next incredible joke that's coming at you, like you can watch Hamilton. I've probably listened to the soundtrack 50 times now, start to finish. Not a joke. I'm sure, Matt, your numbers are probably up there as well, if not higher. Uh, and I've seen it start to finish, I would say, like six times on Disney+. Plus. I literally cannot watch it without seeing something new. There's always something new that I see. It's such an incredibly dense, 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 well-constructed uh, piece of art. So, yeah. Matt, how is it to see it? After listening to it for all those years, how is it to see it with your own eyeballs? Well,
1: it was it was something else. Although by the time I seen it on Disney Plus, I had also seen it in person. I forgot about uh, that. But yeah, you didn't we, see it with
0: the original cast, right? So no,
1: no, we saw it in Chicago. So none of the original cast it was the it was the Chicago cast, which was still great. Um, so we kind of had our like holy shit, that was amazing seeing this thing moment already. Mm-hmm. Um, but we managed to have it again. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> The lightning went back
0: in the bottle somehow. Oh,
1: yeah. it's so And, like, I am as big of a musicals nerd as, as you can find. I was never not going to love this. Well, I say that. Um, <laughs> there are some that I don't like. but um, And it's, it's very rare for a musical to get released like this. Um, pretty much the only one I can think of was Rent. Uh, they did a similar thing for its final performance on Broadway. Um, it's the the musicals Broadway musical business is like famously stingy with what they release um, for most shows it's impossible to find anything that isn't like shot illegally on someone's phone um, and so to see something like this was just everything I ever wanted as a musicals fan um, and I adore Hamilton and it it's just it's so well everything about it is so well done but I was I was happy that the on the production side of things it was also extremely well done it's very well shot there's like a couple of moments where i i I don't love some of the close-ups but really maybe like two or three shots in the whole thing um and other than that it's it's better than i could have ever hoped something like this would be um and yeah like you said the show is is so incredibly uh I've listened I don't know how many times I've listened to the soundtrack it's too many to count and like you know I watched it on Disney Plus uh the day before yesterday I still found things uh-huh. um you know and I I think maybe the best way that I can sum up my uh maybe not expectations but feelings about it was you know we watched it when it first came out loved it and immediately after I said to my girlfriend I can't watch this again right away I need to give it a break no matter how badly I want to watch it I need to wait because I will watch this over and over and over and over again until I have every little like eye twitch and blink memorized um, and it might lose the magic Um, and I can't let that happen so we watched it like the day it first came out, and then we watched it again for this the, the next time, the day before yesterday. Um, and I gotta say, I'm I'm glad that I waited. It was it's just such a wonderful experience. I you know I still listen to the songs a whole bunch in between, and the songs are fantastic, um, obviously. Um, but I was I get surprised every time. how emotionally satisfying it is um and there's for me the the moment it's in the first song in alexander hamilton um where in the show the entire cast except for hamilton is lined up on the very front of the stage and the music cuts out and they all sing just this one note in harmony i think they sing on the word um time um but basically at that exact moment every time i've seen it is when i it just like clicks in my head and i'm like oh yeah, this is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm excited for it and I know it's good, but it just, that it just has that moment every time for me on that one note where I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is something else. Um, and then you just, <laughs> but the thing with Hampton is you just keep having that moment over and over again. Uh, you know, like I was talking to my girlfriend about like, well, what do you think's your favorite song? And I legitimately couldn't tell you. I have like seven or eight that just rotate through the top spot at any given moment. Yeah. I could never pick one. There's just, you know, there's ten songs in this show that if they were the standout from a show, you'd be like, oh man, that show must be really good. But there's like ten of those songs. At least um, it's just it's just so expertly crafted. Even if I would say even if you're not a fan of musicals, even if you don't particularly like this musical, if you, I, I don't think you can watch it and say that it's not masterfully crafted it's just so precise and like determined and um and just just meticulously put together it's so like you can just tell it's it really is a work of genius even if even if you don't like the style of songs even if you don't get into the characters whatever like there's no denying that this is just an absolutely masterfully put together piece of art and pretty much since i watched it day before yesterday all i have wanted to do is go back and watch it again i've watched so many youtube <laughs> breakdowns and like reactions and everything i the second i get free time it's it's being watched again um it it was funny because i uh i i lost my wallet had to cancel my credit card and so when disney plus went to renew the payment wouldn't go through because i canceled my card and so disney plus just canceled the subscription and so we went to watch it we couldn't watch it and i was like well what the hell do we do we have <laughs> to watch it you know so I, I was like texting my sister i'm like can i borrow your disney plus and you know spent forever trying to get that to work and eventually you know messaged you and and, and borrowed yours because there was no way we were not watching hamilton we had finally got over the waiting period uh and once we had decided to watch it there was nothing that was going to stop us from watching it
0: the trigger um, had to be pulled Oh yeah,
1: and I think the floodgates are open now that we've I've had that initial waiting period. It's I, I just I like have a need to watch it again, <laughs> right away. Yeah,
0: I you know I the one the one criticism I think I would have about it, and uh, and clearly we'll we'll have to get uh, Yumi and Farron on for a full episode on Hamilton at some point. But um, the one criticism I would have is I I do I like the first half is like a twelve out of ten. And the second half to me is like a nine out of ten. Like I think they're they're both so good, but in my mind and uh, like with the songs that I prefer, um, I think I think that the first half does come out stronger than the second half. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like you're listening to it, and like normally when you're listening to a soundtrack, or whatever, an album, whatever the fuck you're listening to, you're just like. Oh, here's the here's a banger. Here's a banger. Here's a banger. I can skip this one. Here's a banger. Here's a banger. Here's a. And you cannot go through the first half of Hamilton, which is like an hour and a half, without constantly running into songs that are just like, oh, this is a banger. Oh, this is a banger. Oh, Mm -hmm. this banger. Oh, this one's incredible. I can't skip it. Oh, that was literally all of the songs in the first half. There's not pretty much not a single weak one. uh, Certainly in the first half. There's a couple of ones in the the second half that I, I like. I said I'm not as huge on, but. Uh,
1: incredible
0: incredible i'm beyond yeah. words for how much i uh, i love that show
1: yeah i would agree and <laughs> listening to the soundtrack i'll be honest the second act if i'm going to listen to like you know the whole show through i skip most of the second act you know okay there's maybe three or four. i feel
0: so much better hearing that she said yeah
1: that. but that's i i that's because the sa- the soundtrack is not the full experience right like the first act like you said is banger after banger after banger like you can't skip a single one of those songs um and but the second the second act is is much more character stuff you know yeah so when you're watching when you're watching the you know stage play of hamilton it's still excellent where you know as a standalone song yeah it's not as interesting um but you know when in the context of the play it's like well yeah i mean this is a dialogue scene that's, you know, because of the way that it's done is basically sung through. So it's a song in the soundtrack, but you know, it's, they have dialogue scenes that are essentially just, you know, songs and a thing. Um, and so when you're actually watching the play, I was, I was actually paying attention to that because I was aware that I, I don't listen to a lot of the second act if I'm just listening to the music and the scenes still grab me. The character moments still grabbed me because it's less about you know, banger after banger and more about the story and the characters. But it still really works.
0: Agreed, yeah. Uh, the, the story, and this might sound phenomenally stupid, and uh, as we kind of wrap up here, um, but it took me, I think, to the third or fourth watch of Hamilton, and certainly probably the 10th or 15th listen of Hamilton to actually appreciate the story. That's like maybe the dumbest thing you could say because it's like, how can you. Uh, how can you go through a piece of media so much and not even particularly notice the story? It's like I was getting so caught up in the music because it was so good to really notice, like... I mean, you could make... The argument has been made online, and you might even make it when we talk about it more detailed, that that Hamilton, the name, could just as easily apply to Eliza as it could to Alexander, because her story... um, Like, I wish we... (laughs) Where's the sequel with all the stuff that she sung about in the last song? Because that stuff sounds so incredible. Um, but just the idea of he arrives in America. He's always the smartest guy in the room. He's got this rival. He's got people who push him. He you know he, arrives, he, he, he gets in with the most powerful guy on the continent. Um, and, he, and he gets in with him early so that he can kind of get carried to the top. And he's clearly merits all that kind of stuff within the second half. Okay, well... The friends aren't there anymore, and uh, one of them died, and one of them's in France, and I, do we ever find out what the fuck happened to Hercules? I don't know. And then, so he's already kind of more isolated, and then he meets his intellectual match in uh, in Thomas Jefferson, and then uh, George Washington goes away. So, like, the story of the rise and fall, which is, like, you'd think would be on the forefront, is also incredible, and you can enjoy the shit out of that play without even noticing
2: it
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so
1: the story is it's very character-based some of the actual like you know quote-unquote things that happen are really in the background you know because it's it's all done in music and you know it's normally in a normal play those might be like the actual scenes right and then the song is the character stuff, but these were all songs, so it's all character stuff. So you can still f- have like fully understand the play, and you know, maybe not actually understand what's happening in the plot. Yeah, totally. So we've been—I
0: think we've been going for for quite long enough uh, for the first episodes of *The Nerd's the North. so. You can find us. I'm going to look into uh, most likely. I'm, I'm going to try not to create a new one if I can avoid it. Um, to just move over. I mean, ideally, when this pops up in your podcast feed, if I was successful, then it'll just be on Game Over. Um, if not, expect the next episode, or it'll just be on Game Over, which is now called Nerds of the North. If not, and this comes into your regular, if this pops up and what you're watching on is still called Game Over, please do us a favor and search for Nerds of the North. I might have had to come up with a, <laughs> a new podcast theme. I did do a double check to see if there's anything else called Nerds of the North. I forgot there's an, a, an Alaskan Robotics Club who, uh, those fuckers, they got him before us with the name Nerds of the North, but hopefully uh, we'll eclipse them soon, which is very exciting. And one last, before we go, one last bit of video game news. People are joking around online that March 31st is the day that Mario dies because Nintendo is inexplicably removing uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, the remake of, uh, of the 3D Mario games. I don't know why the hell they would do that. I was kind of waiting for it to go on sale. Uh, Mario 3D Bros... Um, Super Mario Bros. 35 What the fuck? Why do I not know that? Oh, Super Mario Bros. It's just a remastered version of of Super Mario Bros. Classic. Uh, Game & Watch Super Mario Bros. Mario Bros. 35th Anniversary Merch Collection is also going on, or is also being removed from the website. Last year, uh, Mario's 35th Anniversary, that's where 35 came from that I forgot about a moment ago. And inexplicably, I remember a couple months ago we were talking about how they were releasing a localized version of the, uh, one, the first or second Fire Emblem game, Shadow Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's leaving too <laughs> March 31st. Uh, so if you wanted any of those Mario games and or Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light, uh, then get on them quick, because they will be leaving the Nintendo eShop as of March 31st. Kind of bizarre, but there it is. Okay, so... In the future, we're going to be uh, well. We're still going to have plenty of video game episodes. I might come up with a way to in, to show them to uh, to indicate that on the on the title. But I think what we're just going to try to do is, if we're going to have a, an episode, it's going to have a focus. But there's so many movies and TV shows and different things that we can pull from. Now that if we're going to have a video game episode, it's harder. Let's just be honest. It's harder to get everyone to play a 40-hour game its next to impossible. So the video game episodes might continue to be what you've expected, where they're a little bit more scattered, a little bit more of what we've been playing lately, a little bit more. Uh, Adam just bought a brand-new game, uh, and he's like Hades in the past. Actually, I played about an hour and a half of Hades the other day. It was pretty good. Um, it, might, <clears throat> it might just be one of us needs to rant about a game, and also there's some video game news, so we're going to talk about it. But we're also going to mix... That sort of uh, conversational game over style while bringing in a more focused TV Talkers uh, TV Talkers style of content to the game over, including some of the cast of TV Talkers, which I'm very excited about. Because let's be honest, it is fun to kind of sit around here and be like, this video game was good. But it's also a lot of fun to be remembered. like, Do you remember 11 minutes in when character one turned to character two and you were like, oh, fuck. And then everyone else in the room was like, yeah, that was crazy.
1: Man, uh, Character 2 is such a bitch. <laughs> what a
0: dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those moments are fun, too. Also, I didn't even... This is embarrassing. Maybe we'll do an episode about this show uh, in the coming weeks, too. Have you guys seen Superstore?
1: Yes, I watched a couple episodes last night.
0: I'm, like... I'm loving it. <laughs> it was originally just something we put on just to have something on, and now, like, we're... We're fully addicted. Superstore is a hell of a show. Maybe we'll do an episode on Superstore one day. We'll see. Um, But unless you guys have anything that you'd like to say uh, to close it our inaugural episode, I think we're good.
2: No, I think that's good.
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, then, as always, everybody, have a great week. Have a safe week. And we will see you next time.